wanted to be a bit of homework, you've got to go home and actually pray and trust God for some, a word that would encourage someone on Sunday when you're coming up. So when you see that person, you go, oh, man, I've been praying for you this week. And the great thing about it is that you can be a blessing to them. You can become the koha. Cool. So that's culture that we want to try and build in our, in our part of our whanau. Uh, for those who are new to our church family, welcome. Welcome you in the name of Jesus. Uh, this morning, you're probably wondering why I'm wearing this. So it's all part of the sermon. But uh, before we get into it, there's a, a special announcement uh, that we want to make this morning, and it's around leadership. And obviously, uh, Lynn and I have been leading the team, the eldership team. We call them elders. That's also, we use pastors as well. Uh, but Vernon Towers have been a part of that team. Kevin and Nancy were on our team uh, for a season. And in the season, um, Talifa and also Vernon are part of that team. But we want to extend the team. The team is not just elders and deacons. Uh, actually, it's elders and deacons. So in the next month or so, we're going to actually start releasing deacons uh, in the life of the church. If you want to know a bit more about deacons, uh, if you look at Acts 6, you can read about deacons and how valuable they were to the church. They're not like the deacons that we see today that way to the back with a stick if the kids are naughty in the church and they're going to clip them on the ear. Uh, our deacons don't do that. But we can do training now. <laughs> But they're more about inspiring, encouraging through the Word of God, living lives out. Um, they will just honor God, but also lead people into the call of God on their lives. So this morning, a special announcement is that we're going to actually release another couple onto our eldership team. This couple's been the life of the church before we were even here. And also, um, what's going to happen is that the, the date that's set aside for their ordination is the only date that we could get because we're going to actually get Bruce Benjamin. Bruce Benjamin and Teresa actually planted this church back uh, 1995. So it's great that they're part of the apostolic team that we connect with, but at the same time that they actually planted this church. So they're going to come down, uh, f- come up from Hamilton, because they're leading church in Hamilton, and the only date they could have was Sunday the 17th of February. That's in two weeks' time. So the couple that we're going to bring on team, um, in two weeks' time we're going to pray them in. Um, Bruce is going to pray them in because that's how we work. I was going to ask them to come up. Rob and Leanne. How do I know my? So they're going to come on to the team. Remember, remember it's a function. It doesn't change who they are, but it does change the function and the value they add to the church. So they're going to have a bigger scope on some things. Um, but a lot of you would know Rob and Leanne from a long time ago. Um, sometimes we base our... Our, our view of someone based on a scene of their story. But we've got to get the whole picture and understand that this is another scene of their story, an exciting part of their journey in God. So we're excited. About two weeks' time, ordaining them as elders in the church. Um, and it's exciting for us because we get to enjoy that blessing. But then the week after that, on the 24th, we get to release a whole bunch of new deacons uh, to the church. And that's what we want to do. Because uh, Lynn and I can't lead this church by ourselves. We need a leadership team with us on this journey. That's why this morning we're going to talk about who's in your leadership team for who's in the waka. Okay, thanks guys. Bless you. Give a hand. I want you to stand to your feet this morning if you want God to really take you to another level in your faith and in your call this year. Fantastic. Let's pray together then. God, we thank you, Lord God, that uh, every one of us is called by you. That we've been chosen, and then we've been called, and then we've been commissioned. And this morning, I pray that you would speak to us individually. 
And God, I know that many of us are different seasons and times in our journey, but I know that you're still authoring that story. And this morning, King of Kings, lead us. Holy Spirit, why do tapu? You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in our lives. We thank you. We want to honor you. You deserve all the glory. Take us to a next level, a next stage, a next step in our journey with you. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Okay, here we go. Okay, here's a question for you Who is in your waka? I want you to turn to the person beside you and ask them, who's in your waka? And if someone says to you, nobody, nobody, it's my waka. Nobody's in my waka. It's just my waka. Okay? The reason why I make that statement and that bold statement is that this morning we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about who's in your waka. And I shared this uh, message at a church in Manukau, Kofay City, uh, just before Christmas. And this morning... I'm just going to run it straight. Is that okay? I'm just going to run it straight down the middle. I went to a school called Sacred Heart College. And there was only like 20 um, islanders. And every time there was lunchtime, we used to look at each other and say, just run it straight. No sidestepping, just straight up the middle. And every time you run it straight up the middle, you either get through or you get hit. So this morning, I'm going to run it straight. Is that all right? So who was in your waka? Uh, a few years ago, I had the privilege of getting trained uh, to actually turn over a kayak if it was the wrong side up. That's the word, capsized. That's right, my vocab is real limited this morning. So what happened, what took place was this. We went out into the, to the ocean, it was Maraitai, and they put us out on the kayak, very similar to this, a double hole. And what they said to us was this. When we flip you over, it's your job to flip back up. Wow. Okay. Here we go. So what happened was me and my partner, we had no chance to have a conversation, but we had to be there for each other. So when they flipped us over, who knows that you can't breathe underwater? Yeah. So I was trying to find air, and as we worked together, everyone say work together, we found a way to get back upright. And the thing is that we had to work together. See, if I was to do that by myself and my friend was going the other way, that kayak wasn't moving. So the question I want to ask you is that it's all about this morning, is about the inner circle, the people you have around you who will affect your life. We tell our youth, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But the thing is that as adults, we think that we can change that. But the thing is that adults, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So this morning, who was in your waka? If you open your Bibles to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. And you read from the ESV and it says, Blessed is the man who walks. Everyone say walks. Not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands. Everyone say stands. In the way of sinners or sits. Everyone say sits. In the seat of scoffers, or the other translations say mockers. But he who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the stream of water, 
that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all it does, he prospers. The wicked is not so, but like sharp that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This morning, I just want to give you some key things that you can live with. Every single one of us need to be living these things out. Because even Jesus lived this out. See, Jesus didn't just have a whole group of disciples. He had three close friends who walked with him. We hear about the 12, and then it became 11 when Jesus done his thing. And then it became 12 again, and then became a multitude of other people. But there was three people that he connected with all the time. There's Peter, James, and John. Those were his three amigos. Those were his boys. Those are the people he could actually open his heart to and not just talk about rugby, but talk about life. Not just talk about small talk, but talk about the deeper things. What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your mental state? What's going on in your life? Seriously. But some of us, when we become Christians, we think it's all good, washed by the blood of the Lamb. But if it's good for Jesus, it's good for us. And that's why it's important. Surround yourself with the right people or what's what will happen it's just you'll actually miss out on an opportunity to grow in your faith and grow in your calling God. So this morning, who is in your waka? Because it's so important that we actually get to a place that we understand that those in our waka will determine our direction in life. There's a nice uh, proverb from the Maori that says, He waka eke noa. A canoe which we are all in together. That's what church is, a canoe that we are all in together. But in saying that, there's, you can't be everyone's friend. Don't lie to me if you're saying, oh, everyone's my friend at church. No, they're not. They're not your friends. They're, they're your brothers and sisters in the Lord, but there's certain people who you have a close tie with and close connection with that you hang out with and you talk about deeper things. So we have the superficial view that everyone in church is supposed to be friends. Not everyone in church are friends. Because there's a certain amount of people you connect with because your interests are the same. Your insight on life are the same. How you, how you live out things and how you parent may be the same. And so it's important to make sure that you're actually connecting with the right people. The Bible says, Proverbs, if you're taking notes, Proverbs 13, 20, if you surround yourself with the great or the wise, you will benefit in countless ways. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, it says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And we say, oh, no, I'm all good. It's all good. I can handle this. No, you can. You can handle it. I've heard of so many Christians that said, I've got this. And then they actually fall into a trap and they get distracted and they get disillusioned by a lot of things because they're not surrounding themselves with the right people. So how do we do this, Joe? Oh, good question. Great question. Thanks for asking. Whoever asked that. There's an inner circle we want to build. But the thing is that in our waka, there's people that we shouldn't have around us. Number one, these people, here's, if you're taking notes, there are some people who are, who are, who are paddling with you. 
Got it? I always use you because you're an amazing example. Let's give a hand for Henry. He's going to come as an example. Um, let's see. Ellen, Ellen. Come on, give a hand for Ellen. You're going to stand here, Ellen. Thank you. And the, and the last but not least, uh, with Shans. Shans. That's like a game show clap. Let's encourage them as they come up. Here we go. So you got your first lot of people. They're the distractors. Those are the people in your boat, in your kayak, in your canoe, in your inner circle that you shouldn't be having in the inner circle. These are the people who, when you're paddling one way, they're paddling the other way. And you're trying to do, I'm going this way. They go, oh, no, we should go this way. These are the people who are the distractors. You don't need distractions in your life. Yeah. So you want to go that way and go, this is where I'm going. That's my purpose. That's my call. And you're going, let's go. Let's go. And you're wondering why your walker is slowing down. Because you've got too many distractions or distractors in your life. There's number two, there's the, the doubters. Hold up, hold up. They're the guys poking holes in your kayak and your waka. Drill it away, drill it away. And all you hear is a flat battery. <laughs> but all you hear are people who are doubters. These are people, when you're wanting to go one way, they're drilling holes into your kayak. And you're sinking, but very slowly. It starts with this. I'm running it straight. It starts with this. We don't need to go to church today. We can, we can miss out. There's only 52 Sundays we get together. Hello. There's not, not a lot. But if you start making a culture around not being together, the Bible says in Hebrews, it talks about don't forsake the gathering of the saints. That's not an accident. Because as the day draws near, we're going to live in a place. This is one of the, the, one of the biggest things we're going to face on this earth today is isolation. Loneliness is one of the biggest things we are facing today. We've got all the technology in the world, but you still feel alone. Loneliness will take anyone out. That's why God said it's not good for man to be alone. Because you get trapped in loneliness, you get insecure, you get afraid, and you actually think, no one loves me. So don't let these people come in. If they're in your boat, get them out. Throw them overboard. Go Go and find your own walker. Go and find your own kayak. Get the world. And then there's a third lot of people that you need to get rid of. And this is the weight belt. You use this to lift dead weight. There's dead weight in your life. There's people in your life who are dragging you down. See, they're not sinking you slowly. They're not going the other way. But they're dragging you down. And they'll become an anchor in your life. 
I'm running it straight this morning. Some of your family have become dead weight. But Joe, but how can you say that? That's not a nice Christian thing to say. The problem is this. Once we give in, we miss out on the opportunity to be a light. But if you can't be a light in that situation, what will happen is you get dragged back in like dead weight into some situations that you shouldn't be fighting. You've got to choose your battles wisely and you fight the right fights. So some of our friends around us, you need to actually look around and actually say, who is in my inner circle? There's the power of the inner circle. That's all John Maxwell. Thanks, guys. Give them a round of applause. Thanks, guys. There's people in your life that you, um, you need to remove from your life. Remove them out of the inner circle. There's three circles I want to talk about this morning. And what you can do is not totally cut them out, but actually move them outside into a different realm, different circle in your life. Here's the first circle. Now, Jesus was uh, this amazing architect of how to lead. And what he did was actually had his three close friends. That was his inner circle. So who are the three or four or two people in your inner circle today? who are encouraging you in God's call on your life. That's the first circle. He had another circle. That, that circle is called friendship. That's the friendship circle. And I, I was straight up with the church we went to, and a, few, a couple of the guys came. Do you know that the word friend is a powerful word? Everyone on Facebook are not your friends. Facebook have lied to you. They're not your friend. You see them once, you say hello, now they actually want to be friends. They're not your friends. The friends that you need to have around you are those you can talk about deep stuff with. Facebook is a diary now. It's a diary. And I'm speaking to myself because we, we post a lot on there. There's a companionship circle, which is the twelve. So you got your inner circle, you got your 12 on the outside. Those are the people that, so the inner circle is, the inner circle are those that you can actually, the friendships that you actually have, to, you can actually have instruction with. That means you actually do life with. They're the, they have the similar interests with. And then there's intimacy of heart. We're talking about hands, head, and heart. Those are the people that actually have heart-to-heart -heart conversations with. Outside of that, there's a 12. There's the companionship circle. These are the people you have similar interests with. So those are the people outside here. So whoever's in your inner circle that shouldn't be in your inner circle, you can move them to the companionship circle. So they're still in your group of friends, but they're not in that deep, intimate relationship, heart-to-heart -heart talk. Because you can't do that with everyone. In my circle, I've only allowed three people at a time in my circle. Even some of my elders are not in that circle. But Joe, aren't they? Especially, you've got to do the best you can to actually put the right people in your circle. And number one, 
the 72 that Jesus sent out, that's the fellowship. That's church life. So when we come and bring it into this kind of context, this is our fellowship. This is how we hang out. In my group of circles, I've got a, a few mates that we actually hang out with, we talk life with, we talk uh, weights with, we talk uh, fitness and, and also food and, and other things with. But then that's, that's a 12 that I've got around me. But then there's the three who I talk about. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Because we can, we can put all the church talk on this stuff. I can give you as much Christian jargon in the world to super spiritualize your life. But a lot of people don't talk about hard stuff. I know for some people it's hard. Some people, you can't talk about it. It's hard to talk about. The thing is that you need to open your mouth and just let it out. And you can only do that with a certain few people. And there are times where I've actually had to just bounce things off people. And they said, nah, you shouldn't be doing that. Or they said, how are you? Are there people in your life that have told you and pulled you out and said, yeah, you're doing all these great things. Yeah, I can see what you're doing. You're busy at work. Wonderful. But how are you? We can do all the church stuff after this and have all the nice coffee and all the cakes and whatever we do out there. But if we don't sit down with one another and ask them, how are you? And if they don't reply, you need to say, I need to talk to you. We need to catch up straight away. That is your inner circle. Jesus had these three friends that traveled with him. The great thing about the moments that Jesus traveled, he traveled with them to the mountain transfiguration. He traveled them with them in the garden of Gethsemane when he was praying. There's three. These are the three he took with him. And then he, he took them when they actually went to bring healing to um, uh, Jairus, 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 Shavin, Shavin's daughter, Sato J, Shavin, Shavin, like that. But their daughter, my daughter was very important. So it's important to understand that there's, there's the times when you need your friends that see you in your highest points of your life, your lowest points of your life. Jesus was fully God, fully man, but yet the expression on his face. The Bible says he bled blood from his forehead. He was in a place of distress, and his friends were right there. Even though they fell asleep, they were there. But then in the everyday life, Jesus every day was walking around advancing the kingdom of God, bringing healing, bringing hope to people. The great thing about us today is that we have an awesome opportunity to get the right people in our lives today. Could I ask um, parents, your kids are in your waka. Your kids are in your waka. You're still paddling the waka. When the kids come into your life, your life does not stop. Hello? Your life does not revolve around your kids. They need to be part of the journey. We train them up in the things they should go, on the things of God, in the way they should go, and they won't depart from it. 
And I spoke about this before. The word train there is a word to trailblaze. But many parents don't trailblaze for the kids. What we do is we allow the kids to rule the roost. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know, some people don't want to amen that one. But we don't give them an opportunity. No, Joe, how, how can you say that? No, it's good for them speaking to you. But the thing is that if I'm allowing my seven-year-old to control where we go, we're not going to go anywhere. Only chipmunks. <laughs> That's the only place we're going to be going. Hello? And what happens is that you actually put your call and your purpose of your life. God still called you. Still have got a purpose for you on hold because you've got to take care of things. No, they're in the waka with you. Row! You tell them. You give them an oar and you say, row! Row the boat. Row it now. The thing is that we get so, oh, conflicted. No, the government tells us to do this. Our family tells us to do this. But what are we doing to be trailblazers for our kids? Then we can say, get in the car. We spoke to the church down in Manukau. I said to them, how do you guys do it? Well, our kids, they've heard this before. I love my boys, but I'm straight up with my boys. I'm just straight down the middle with them. And they know where, where we stand in terms of um, I'm, da- I'm dad. I'm not your best friend. I'm your dad. One day, we're going to be good mates. And we'll, me and Zach will be playing the same social basketball team. So he schools me on a lot of stuff. So. But the thing, is that, the thing is that he's still in my waka. He's still a part of what we're doing. I've got two teenagers, 16 and 14, and they've got, they know everything now. Then as soon as they turn, like it's turned, they keep going, 13, it's like, I know everything. I know everything. Dad, mother, I need not know anything from you. I know everything in the world. Open up any encyclopedia. I tell you which page. Honestly, our kids think they know everything when they're teenagers. But the thing is that you trailblaze for them in the teenage years. Bring them to church. I'm telling you. A lot of people go, oh, uh, Joe, um, this one lady came up to me and said to me, oh, my, my son doesn't come to church anymore. It's not here, somewhere else. It's far away, place you don't know. Just in case they're watching. But they said to me, my, kids, my, my son doesn't come to church. And I said, oh, you haven't been around. Oh, straight down the middle. <laughs> but the thing is that you set the example you want them to follow. You set it. If they're not going to be at church because you, you happen to be, oh, I just woke up late. Uh, uh, and you just live five minutes down the road. It's funny how when you're in church life, the closest people to church come the latest. I don't get that. We've got people come from Oduhu. Matt and Lauren come from Mere Mere Village. And they're one of the first here. I just don't get that. But because they make a time where they go, we're going to leave at this time. But yet people that live, I'm just being real here. One minute down the road and you can't even get into your car to come down. And you can probably walk across the road. Thing is that when you make this, if you make this a priority, your kids will make it a priority. Oh, but Joe, I, I grew up in the culture, my culture. Who cares about your culture? Just get the kids in the car. All my kids, honestly, my kids, they love being here because they get good friends. 
They have their own relationship with God. Because we're not driving God down their throat. If we're not living it out, they're not going to live it out. But we do encourage them, go and read your Bible. Oh, Dad, I already read it. Go and read your Bible. Because guess what? Their prefrontal cortex, the decision-making part of their brain, for boys doesn't fully develop until 24. For girls, 21. So you don't have a say. Because you don't know what you're talking about. It's science. It's the truth. It's science. And, you, and they go, oh, but Dad, can we just go? No, get in the car. Get in the car. The thing is that you take them on a journey with you. But at the same time, make it enjoyable. If you're not fun, they're not fun. If you're just standing there praising God like this, and then you look at your kids, okay, why is my kids not praising God? Well, look in the mirror. I'm just, I'm just being straight up because the thing is that we want to be the best for our kids and we want them to be in this waka and we want to be around the right people. But the thing is that this opportunity to raise the next generation up and the things of God is in our hands now. Right now. Right from the youngest. Zach gave his heart to the Lord, him personally, when he was six. Him personally. He's still walking through his journey. He's not going to be like me. At all. And I don't want him to be like me. I want him to be the best Zach in the world. I, want, I don't want Khan to be a mini-me. I want Khan to be him. I don't want any of my five boys to be like me. I want them to be like them. Fully alive in Christ. That's all I want from them. Whether they become the best business person in the world and, and advance God's kingdom in that way, go for it, my boy. If one of them wants to be a police officer and advance God's kingdom in that way, go for it. But the thing is that right now you're trailblazing. And you're, I know some of you are going, is it because I wasn't here two weeks ago? No, I'm not picking on you. I'm definitely not picking on you. But I know you weren't here. But uh, <laughs> No, I'm not like that. I'll just make a record in the office. <laughs> but the problem is this. Let's be honest. I'll be honest with you. We still have fun. We still have our time together. People, that's why we love these breaks when we go away, because we enjoy whānau time. Well, you guys go and enjoy your whānau time. But when it's come to advance the kingdom time, you better be in the waka. you got to be in here. And I love the fact that some of the guys came and grabbed the mic and just prophesied and, and spoke because they have freedom in the house to do that. And that's the, that's the environment we want to create. But the problem is that in our own lives, we've got to ask ourselves, who is in your waka? Go home and take your Facebook list of 2,500 people. Wow, you're heaps of friends. How come you don't invite them all to your parties? I just don't understand. Because all your friends, they should be invited to your parties. I just don't understand that. But the thing is that you look at it, you've got to ask yourself, who is really my friends? I'm not saying you start deleting them, but you start to ask yourself, who do I really want to spend time with? Lydia is probably one of the most straight-up people I know. If something's on Lydia's mind, she will say it. On, on the car ride home today, she will say it. But the thing is that what I love about Lydia is that she's true and she's real. And she speaks into my life. And sometimes when she speaks to me, I sit there as a husband and I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, babe, no, today you just, um, 
you hurting me? Okay. But the thing is that I need to take on board. Husbands, take on board. I'm preaching now, Lord. Take on board the wisdom of your wives. Record it, babe. It's on Facebook. Husbands, take on board the wisdom of your wives. Amen, ladies. <laughs> take on the wisdom of your wives. But at the same time, wives. <laughs> I just, your eyes just went in a funny shape. It's like your evils are just coming out of me. Ah! Don't say anything. Wives, listen to the wisdom of your husbands. Because you're on this walker together. First of all, if you're a married couple here this morning, you're on the walker together. Okay? You're paddling together. If you haven't been paddling together and you're doing your own thing, sit down at a table, look at each other in the eyes, not with like evils, but actually sit down and say, where are we going as a whanau? What are we doing? Listen to each other. Who's in your waka? So Lid's in my waka. I've got another guy in my waka. I've got another mate in my waka because all of them cover a different aspect of my life. One sees me behind the closed doors. My wife sees me behind. When all this church stuff she sees me at home, seeing if I'm doing the dishes, which I've officially retired from, just letting them know. I've got teenagers now. Praise God. But the thing is that she sees me behind closed doors. There's some of my mates that see me in the social environment that speak to me. They see me. But the thing is that there's a, a sense of myself, you, being more open. Because who knows that you can tell people what they want to hear? Well, what you shouldn't be sharing. So they could be hearing stuff, but it's the stuff that you're only sharing because you don't want them to be, you to be exposed. When Alan said, to come up front. When Alan said to come up front as that statement this morning, I just felt this conviction from God just to step forward. I didn't care who else was there. Even though my wife said it before, it just highlighted the fact that your word was powerful, babe. But when I came up, I found myself that peace in me because I've, I've got some struggles too. Hello? It's a, some people are funny, eh? Because it's like, it's like you think like in heaven that God, God has this, this attitude of, oh, the pastor's got the microphone now. My anointing's going to pour out. It doesn't work like that. It's not like the angels are waiting for you to speak, waiting for me to speak. Because the ground here is level. Even though my function is to lead out of this church. So my challenge to us this morning, who was in your walker? Who are the three, four people in your close knit of friends? If they are not helping you fulfill the call of God, remove them outside. They can be part of the companionship. You can still hang out. You can still have coffee together, but they're not in the inner circle. If they're not bringing value to you, remove them again to the fellowship. We can just say, hello, catch up, hang out, talk on email, whatever. But they can't be part of the inner circle. So you've got to ask yourself this year, who is in your inner circle? Who is in your waka? Who are you rowing with? Because those people will determine how far and how fast you will get to your destination. They will determine that. Because they can either be, what we talked about here before, the doubters, 
the distractors. And over here is the dead weight. You've got to remove them from your life. And then the Bible says, when you hang around with the right people and you plant yourself, you start to flourish. Next week's sermon is on roots and fruits, how you get planted and how you grow. So the question is to you and the challenge is to you today before we finish up and pray. Who's in your walker? If people have been in your walker for the last five years and they're not helping you move forward, just move them outside into the outer circles and focus on who's inside. When I was young, my dad used to be part of my inner circle. Then I realized I had to grow up. You know, one of the biggest dangers in church, and there's three big dangers in our church today, in the church in general. Identity, isolation, and immaturity. You know that you can grow old in church, but never grow up. And I don't want us to be a church like that. I want everyone growing up in things of God. Not just to rely on what gets preached up here, but in your own time with God and with the right community of friends around you, you will grow up into everything God has called you to do. Cool? Let's all stand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, just for your word. And Lord, we just want to pray, Lord God, that we wouldn't just leave this on the side and just walk away from it. But Lord, show us today, over the next week, who is in our inner circle. Reveal to us the right people that will help us grow, will help us flourish, will help us be planted in your word, and also fulfill your call in our lives. I pray, Lord God, that you would even just speak to us clearly, Lord, this week, around those people that need to be in there. Father, I thank you. We want to honor you and give you the glory and honor. Just uh, before we head out, just with our eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Christ, the bottom line is that Christ, following Him, because He is the way, the truth, and the life, the sacrifice He gave on the cross made a way between us and the Father. And it stopped us from going one way called hell, but actually allowed us to come into a place where we can actually find life in Him and head towards heaven. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're actually not in the waka at all and you're doing your own thing, but you actually want to get in, rock, in the waka and actually start rowing for yourself, I want you just to raise your hand and say, man, it's Joe. Can you pray with me, man? I need to know Jesus. I need to walk with him. And if it's you this morning, just raise your hand and say, Joe, man, pray with me, bro. 